Hey, Scott. Yeah, Dwight. Look at me. I'm doing a podcast. My name's Scott Curlin. Uh, no one's going to uh, not listen to my podcast because I'm Scott Curlin. Dwight, don't touch those wires. No, I can touch these wires because I'm Scott Curlin. <laughs> we saw Homer's Enemy from Simpsons Season 8, Episode 20-something. Who cares? And it's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. Fourteen great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him because I'm Homer Simpson. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hey, baby, kid. Baby, kid. There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Okay, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Dwight Stern. I'm Scott Curlin. I, I introduced him last time, so... I was... oh, fair enough. So, um, this week we watched, as you heard in the intro, uh, Homer's Enemy, which is a Simpsons episode from Season 8. Um, so this episode is one of the first ones that I remember seeing when I was younger, actually. Um, so it actually holds a pretty special place in my heart. It also holds a special place in my heart because of just how... On Simpsons, it is. It's this this was written uh, by John Schwartzwelder, who is Mr. Simpsons himself. He he's a crazy like eccentric writer, mm-hmm. um, and he's famous for as soon as the Simpsons became famous in season four, he started writing them from his home. He went to a diner that had his favorite like booth, bought the booth with his Simpsons money. Put it in his house, put his typewriter there, and he wrote all of the Simpsons That's episodes. That's pretty awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. That's great. So, what I like about this episode, to begin with, is it's like a, a deconstruction of a Simpsons episode. They, they glaringly point out all of this Homer's flaws throughout this episode, and um, it's a, things do not go well. Yeah, I mean, it it's kind of crazy like everything they when you see how awful homer kind of really is yeah it like pulls the curtain away and like you see the wizard and it's really really upsetting (laughs) so uh the episode starts off with a um basically a character introduction it starts off with ken burns talking about the life and times of ken brockman ken brockman jesus christ it was ken burns i just Yes, it was like a Ken Burns thing. I just got Kent and Mr. Burns mixed up. Um, Kent Brockman starts off with the life and times of Frank Grimes. Which, if true, means death for us all. And now, Kent's people. Tonight's inspiring story is about Frank Grimes, a 35-year-old Springfieldite who's earned everything the hard way, but never let adversity get him down. Who is this... Uh, Man who was orphaned at age four or abandoned at age four. Um, he had a he and at age eighteen he had a silo explosion. He grew up at um, age at age eleven. He had to deliver presents to children yep. who were more fortunate than he was. Yeah, he wasn't able to go to school. He had to be a, a toy delivery um, person for kids, and then he. Uh, had to re after the silo explosion. He had to relearn how to feel pain. <laughs> then. On his 18th birthday, he was blown up in a silo explosion. During his long recuperation, he taught himself to hear and feel pain again. 
<laughs> which was super good. And then um, he ended up getting his correspondence in nuclear physics? Yeah. Nuclear physics? Yeah, he's a nuclear physicist. Um, what I love about the young Frank Grimes drawing of him delivering uh, toy, uh, toys to kids, it's so adorable, like how they draw him with a little hat and yeah. a little clipboard. He looks like a little milkman. Yeah, it, it's so... The, the animation was just so good in this episode. Yes, it was. Considering all, last time's animation for Bebe's kids oh, was... Oh, tell me about it. All the facial expressions in, in this one that Grimes gets every time Homer says something to him, like just little twitches and little ticks, and it, good attention to detail. The design of Frank Grimes is based after Michael Douglas from Falling Down. Oh, I can 100% see that. Uh, John Schwartzwelder, I guess like in 1991 saw falling down and they're, and they're like how great would it be if we got michael douglas to be on this episode and michael douglas said no of course and then they were going to go with william h macy and william h macy was about to come in and uh hank azaria did the temp track and his temp track was so good they're they like, just were like Whoop. they're like uh bill we'll get you on a different episode <laughs> which they did what episode did he do he played himself i think it was uh the any given Sundance one. It was the indie film one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I, I think he was in that one. But Hank Azaria, he got an Annie, an Annie Award for this. Really? He's so good in it, and his performance is really heartbreaking because you feel bad for Frank Grimes. But then when he starts to go down the spirals, you're like, oh, mm. well, he's a jerk. Yeah, he definitely becomes because like it's hard. I know, I, understand, I know what you're saying, because at the beginning, he's so like, oh, how can anyone like this Homer Simpson person? He's clearly a buffoon. He's clearly an idiot. And towards the end, everyone has like this like lovable affection for Homer, and Frank just turns on that and does not like, like Homer in any way, shape, or form. And so at that point, you now don't feel sorry for him because, of, because he's being mean to our beloved protagonist. Right, because Homer's this Fred Flintstone character, mm -hmm. and he's just a goof and he doesn't do anything wrong because he doesn't know he's doing anything wrong so let's go through the the b the b story too because the yes. b story too i realized watching it this time i i always forgot the b story bart gets a factory yeah, he buys it at an auction for a dollar ladies and gentlemen our next lot is number 751 how much am i bid for item 751 751 nothing no bids for item 751 a buck I have a buck. I have one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. One dollar. One good one. One good one. Do I have two? 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 uh chief wiggum mm -hmm. even though chief wiggum is not on screen he's not on screen but he has one line that's chief wiggum's wife is on, on the yeah screen, sarah <laughs> sarah wiggum that's my favorite chief wiggum line the ralphie get off the stage sweetheart uh ralphie get off the stage sweetheart i i love ralph is one of my favorite characters he might be my favorite character on the simpsons i just love every time he's on there he's so hysterical and he was absolutely like super ridiculously funny in this episode and he didn't say a thing i was just about to point that out he doesn't say a word yeah, he, he just walks up puts down because he has a smile his yeah. oblivious smile he, he walks up puts down his little model that he made and then it's a malibu stacy dream house and i love how they keep going on the joke that 
Smithers has an unnatural sexual attraction to all things Malibu Stacy because mm-hmm. he's in the closet, yep. but he's the number one fan of Malibu Stacy. And he uh, goes, I think it should win, sir. Our first little genius is Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> it's pretty good, sir. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, he's That's- like, I th- I think it- I think it's pretty good. That's what a good attention to detail. I love that. That's good. That's and, awesome. Uh, so my, you said Ralph's your favorite character. Mm-hmm. My three favorite characters because it's like really hard to to narrow it down. Ralph is up there, but tied for number one is Chief Wiggum, and no. then the other side of that coin is Sideshow Bob. Oh, okay, yeah. Shadow Bob is in a class all his own, though, like, because he's such a, like, a specific, like, guest character type right. of thing for me. Like, because he, he feels like a special exception. Well, he's on once that. a year. Yes. Uh, sometimes twice. Like, in the Halloween episodes now, they have him literally kill Bart. Oh, I haven't, they, I haven't actually watched any of the newer stuff. I have a little bit, but it <laughs> has, I have not been following well, it. Two like, years I watched ago. the Boston episode. That was really funny. <laughs> the town, yeah. Yep. Uh, what a bunch of doorknobs. Uh, they did um, a reanimator uh, short. No way! And he's he's the reanimator, so he kills Bart and keeps bringing him back to life so he can kill him. That's awesome. And it's so good because he finally gets what he wants. Um, That's too funny. So, And then the other, my tied for third, is Ralph Wiggum because of how good Ralph is. Yeah, Ralph. Oh, I bent my wookie. <laughs> Ralph is so perfect. Tastes like burning. He's going to smell like hot dogs. Um, so, uh, so back to, um, the plot of the episode, I assume. The B story, uh, where, so Bart gets a factory and Schwartzwalter is good at writing for adults, but the way he writes for Bart is so good because Mm -hmm. Bart's a kid, but at the same time, he's kind of like a businessman. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can super see that from this episode. And, uh, the parallel that I realized in this episode, Millhouse is Frank Grimes. Millhouse is going to grow up to be Frank Grimes. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I see that. Okay. That makes sense. And, and Millhouse has like one of the darkest lines in this episode. I, I don't know if you caught it. I didn't recognize it until we just watched it. And he goes, uh, At least hey, I'm doing better than my dad. That's the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is my life. At least I've done better than dad. <laughs> that's the line. Because... Uh, Kurt Van Houten, if, if Milhouse is like one of the better characters, Kurt's at the bottom. Kurt. Oh yeah. Kurt is such a terrible character. He's like the biggest sad sack in, in the, uh, Simpsons universe. Cause he started out so strong with, um, in Radioactive Man, the movie, he goes, now these guys, are they going to find Milhouse or are they going to find him and kill him? Oh, well, they'll find him and I'm going <laughs> Excuse me, you didn't answer my question. Oh yeah, you're right, I didn't. <laughs> so, so to see like Frank Grimes who struggled his whole life, and then in the A story and see Milhouse in the B story, it kind of made me sad this time. I didn't realize that, but that's a really good parallel that that you've just drawn between Milhouse being the new Frank Grimes character and Bart. Bart's too smart to be Homer, but he's definitely along the lines that he's where he's going to be. In a Homer position for the rest of his life. I have a theory about Bart. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like an app pupil situation, and he's going to grow up to be like Sideshow Bob. Oh, okay. I always believed that. I always felt like Bart's so smart mm-hmm. 
But he doesn't apply himself. But he or... doesn't apply himself, so he'll do something crazy. And I think that's why he's always tempted to stop Sideshow Bob, because it's his psyche not wanting to, you know... That's a very deep uh, interpretation of the Sideshow Bob-Bart uh, relationship. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. So, uh, back to Frank Grimes. Yep. So, um, Mr. Burns sees this... Uh, the the news story that we were talking about earlier, and he immediately wants to hire Frank Grimes. We I, need people like him. I and, love how he's crying. Yeah, <laughs> he has the tears that rolling down his street, rolling down his street, rolling down his face. Oh, so funny. And I I just love the idea that Mr. Burns watches like soap operas, <laughs> like 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 yeah, daytime like this, television this type of like uh, stuff. Like, yeah, he's he's constantly watching like the sob stories and stuff like that. Because then the next the next scene is um, Smithers brings Grimes in. Literally the next day. Yeah, literally the next day, and um, Burns is is crying again, and he's been watching a show about a dog, and he wants this dog to be his new vice president, what not the, Frank Grimes. Do you remember what the dog did? Oh uh, no! Did it save someone? Yeah, or? he rescued a, a baby from. Uh, uh, a truck that was about to hit it and pushed oh, a criminal yeah. right in front of it. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, it's, it's like these type of shows. I love The Simpsons, but it's so hard to just keep up with everything because every the comedy is so fast. Yeah, it, like, it really is. The, every single line is so good, and it, like they're not throwaways, but they're just like the gags come so fast. It's, the timing is amazing. It's that it's that Harvard Lampoon mm-hmm. writing, and this is. Season five through nine for me was like... That's the golden era for you? For me. I mean, like, it started in season three with Homer at the Bat and yep. Stark Raving Dad. Season mm-hmm. four with Monorail was like... But as soon as Cape Fear, mm-hmm. I was like, this is so good. No, that makes sense. The idea of uh, Bart stopping Sideshow Bob by singing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's like Aaron Sorkin writing. Yeah, that was so good. I, I, I agree with that because the early stuff is good, but it doesn't have that, I was like, I was just saying, that frantic pacing. It doesn't have the, the joke a minute. It's a lot more like sight gags as opposed to just like the verbal stuff going on. But it's, I agree. I I think I would agree with five to nine being the golden age. And season seven and eight for me were like the best because the showrunners were uh, Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley. Mm-hmm. They also created Mission Hill, which was a show. Oh, I- yep. And then Josh Weinstein. Mission Hill was only like 13 episodes, right? It didn't yeah, last very long. It was so good. It was so smart. It was way above its time. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Weinstein uh, became a writer and producer on Gravity Falls. Oh, nice. Yeah. I haven't actually watched Gravity Falls, but I've heard amazing things about if it. If you like Rick and Morty. Like, oh really? It's that good. Nice. So, um, what I was gonna say about? Oh damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Frank Grimes gets hired, and uh, Mr. Burns goes, "Oh, just put him somewhere. <laughs> Get rid of him." And that's that's like a giant metaphor for Frank Grimes's <clears throat> life. Like, just when he's about to make it, something, something happens. comes in and steals it away from him, or just his his bad luck doesn't allow it to happen. And then, uh, then he gets put next to Homer. His office is next to Homer. And, and his fate was sealed with that. I know. Like, I love when Lenny and Carl come in, and they're they're like, "Hey, Homer, there's a new guy here." Yeah, want to go check it down? And Homer's like, "I don't know." 
I just spun in my chair and I'm really <laughs> woozy. I should probably go home sick, which shows you like what Homer is. Yep. That was the first time you see Homer in the episode. Like, I know. That's his introduction. Three minutes in. Mm-hmm. Three or four minutes. Yeah, like, before you even see a member of the, the Simpsons family. And, and that's, that's what they... That's why the Simpsons are so good, because they don't need to rely on Bart and Lisa and mm-hmm. Homer and Marge. Marge in this episode, she doesn't do much, but she's so, like, sweet. Yes. Like, yeah, that's all she needs to do in this episode is just be adorable. Lisa, I think, had, like, two lines. Yeah, I believe but... her lines were, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Marge picking out license plates, that's how Bart ends yep. up. And she goes, Marge. She's trying to get, like, a personalized license plate. Yep. And then she goes, Marjorie. No, that's taken, too. And she Mitzi. goes from Mitzi. <laughs> Where does Mitzi come from? I don't know. We have Nitzi, and she's like, Hmm. <laughs> she thinks about it. And, uh, I love Marge. Yeah, Marge is adorable. Uh, so when they when Homer meets Frank Grimes, for me that that's such an awkward meeting because it starts out like the the animation that they draw for Lenny and Carl and Homer pushing mm-hmm. their noses up against the plate. Oh, that part! It's yeah, so creepy. Like it's like they were like just stalking him, and then they go in and. You can tell Frank Grimes does not want them there. Oh, no, not at all. He just wants to sit there, do his work, and, I don't know, exist. But as soon as these three come in and they're... I mean, his reactions to Lenny and Carl are fine because Lenny and Carl are normal. It's like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Lenny and Carl have masters. Yeah, yeah, we learned that in this episode. That's so weird. It really is because, I mean, the fact that they spend all their time with Homer at at Moe's, good, good life. But, um, so, Lenny introduces himself. I'm Lenny. This is Carl. This is Homer. I'm Lenny. Um, <laughs> That's so... <laughs> it's just so... So robotic. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I'm Lenny. This is Carl. This is Homer. I'm Lenny. I was hoping he would just say it one just more time. Just do it again. Go through it one more time. So, you, you have that, and then um, Homer immediately starts messing with Grimes' stuff. Yeah, and that that right, that sets Frank off right away. Um, the Frank Grimes pencils... You can get those. Oh, no way. Do they sell them at, like, uh, eBay. The Simpsons World? Oh, eBay. Nice. Yeah, I, I kind of <clears throat> don't want them because I feel like if you have them, then you become Frank Grimes. If you have them, someone's going to steal them from you and just chew on them. That's what I assume would happen. <laughs> and then you're going to touch some, like, live wires. <laughs> spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Well, I thought the opening was the spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> uh, so, Homer, in the beginning of this episode, kind of annoyed me. Did he annoy you? Um, well, yeah, because they were pushing his annoying personality to the, the the forefront. Like, they were shining a spotlight on it, like, which is what, what I was talking about earlier, how this is, like, kind of a deconstruction of, like, a standard Simpsons episode. Because usually it's Homer is our focal character. And at this point, Frank is our focal character. So we're seeing everything through his uh, point of view of, from Homer. that's such a bold move to it do. Is. It's because Frank, Frank Rhymes, I never liked Frank Rhymes. I still, to this day... I know I'm supposed to feel bad I for him. I empathize with him. I, I, I empathize with him. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I like him. No, that's, no that's, I can 100% understand that. Because even for being, like, yes, he's had, like, the, the roughest life, but he's not humble about it. He's like, I've had a horrible life, so I deserve better. Yeah, I, I deserve this. I put in the work. I should be, you mm-hmm. know, in charge. Yes. And then Homer's just, like, in charge, but he's like, well, you guys do your own thing, and... That's what that's what's beautiful. 
Uh, so I, I just want to get back to the B story real yes, quick. Okay. If if you inherited a factory, I think the first thing any kid would do is grab the fire extinguisher and go in the <laughs> chair and shoot yourself off, like 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 Bart, Bart does. That yeah. was, that was awesome. Be- the, this just shows how old I'm getting. The first thing I thought of was when he bought that. I was like, oh man, he's got to pay so much taxes on that. <laughs> like the, the the land tax. Oh, the alone. property tax. Exactly. Alone. I'm like, no. What have you done? But it's a TV show, and I was way over. Bart, did you it. get your W twos? Oh, jeez, come on, Bart. No, you're gonna get audited. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I liked him playing. I also liked the the concept of him just like he has this entire factory, and we cut to um the door of the president's office. It says president, and he's written he's uh, graffitied his name Bart yep. Simpson, and he's just sitting there behind the desk. I assume he's been sitting there for like three hours, just being like, I'm the president of my company. Strange confession. So growing up, when other kids were playing like Ghostbusters, and I saw the movie Jerry Maguire, so I set up a little office in my house, and we had an old like damaged headset where the earphone was off, so there was just like a metal thing, and Mm -hmm. I put it down like... Like you were talking, and would you scream, show me the money? Yeah, I kind of did, and I, I was basically, I was like, yeah, I, I related to Bart in that scene, because I remember that. I was like, wow, I was pathetic. <laughs> Just another sad day. I mean, Jay Moore stole all my clients, <laughs> and Cuba Gooden Jr. is the only one who trusts me. Where's womp, Renee? Womp. <laughs> Where's Renee Zellweger? Uh, so, I, I always loved that storyline. I always liked this B story more than the A story. Hmm. Uh, growing up, but now I uh, like. Oh, because the beast, the beast story is focusing on Bart, and when you're growing up, like Bart's like the coolest thing. I know, and and just Millhouse. I love when he like, uh, I love when he dicks around Millhouse when he <laughs> yells at him, and he's like, <laughs> work harder, and he's just supervising over Millhouse. Millhouse, yeah. he's hitting a baseball well, bat. Yeah, I, yeah. He's, he's okay. Well, Millhouse, Bart, Bart sees Millhouse walking down the street, and then hires him to work in his factory, and then Millhouse just does random tasks like mopping. And it borders on like slave. It really does. And like you were just saying, he's hitting a boiler um, door with a baseball bat until it falls off. And then Bart pulls the whistle and Millhouse is like, quit in time. <laughs> it's just like, what, what didn't they have to go to school? What have these been, what have they been doing? Like they've been doing this for like, at least in the story, this is like the third day. Yeah. Like, I know. This is definitely so they're like playing a Monday. Hooky. Yeah. Yeah. They're is, playing hooky. too funny. Uh, when every time I see the, the, the crank and the whistle. Mm-hmm. I I always think of Flintstones. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean that's like the iconic opening shot of the Flintstones. It's, yeah. It, well, it's a bird, but and, but the guy looking at his watch and and Bart looked at his watch, then pulled the cord, <laughs> and then when Millhouse goes, it's quitting time. Bart pulls him by the scruff, and he uh, says, "Nope, you're night watch. You have to watch the the thing." And he, he's like, oh, but I'm sleepy. And he goes, here, here's a nickel. Get some coffee. <laughs> some coffee. And then he goes to this antiquated <laughs> coffee machine. A cup falls down. A rat falls in the cup. Fills the cup. This thing still works because yeah. there's coffee, like, comes into it. Uh, and then Milhouse proceeds to drink the coffee. Cause... <laughs> and a rat was just in it. It's so good. <laughs> So I mean, funny. I hate rats unless they can cook a fine French meal <laughs> and sound like Patton Oswalt. I want nothing to do with it. I'm out. Uh, so let's let's get to the dark part. Okay. So um, Frank 
sees all these things that Homer has. He sees oh, his beautiful house. We should get yeah, we should get to the house. Yeah, I'll say he like so like Homer starts really annoying Frank. He like, he chews on his pencils. He eats his lunch. Um, his he, diuretic lunch. Yeah. What does he have? Does he have like bowel ischemia? I or? would assume something along those lines. They never go into it. It's just another sad part of Frank Grimes' sad life. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have irritated bowel syndrome. Yeah. When someone yells at me, I tend to poop myself. <laughs> uh, and then Homer goes to drink a vat of acid, and Frank hits it on the wall. And um, Mr. Burns comes by and asks who did it, and Homer's like, he did. And Frank's like, well, yeah, technically I did, yes, but... I was trying to save his life, yeah. and no one will let him get get that out. That nope. always made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's so frustrating, because, like, I mean, it, it's at this point, that's when you start to see that Homer is going to be the bad guy for this episode, because everything he's doing to Frank is like, oh, lovable Homer stuff, but once he starts like getting in trouble and like his job becomes on the line... Uh, it's not uh, fair yeah exactly um and then when mr burns walks by with the dog yeah he's got the dog the dog has the sash that says vice president it it reminded me of uh blazing saddles when mel brooks had the sash that said gov (laughs) so but uh i noticed when he's yelling at frank Mm -hmm. uh, about the acid and he's like you wrecked, uh, you wrecked a wall. You harmed my precious acid. You <laughs> broke my favorite bottle. In between him yelling, you just hear the dog barking like he's yelling at him too. And it's, it's so weird, but it's so effective. Because oh, yeah. you have the president and then the vice president both, yelling at him. Both going at him. Yeah. So that's when uh, Frank goes, we're enemies. Stay the hell away from me. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And so Homer, to, wanting to rectify this, invites Frank to his house for dinner. Which and was Moe's whole... idea. That's so weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. It was Moe's idea because Homer's like complaining to Moe. Yeah, that is a weird thing. And also, it's it's even weirder because Hank Azaria voices Frank and Hank Azaria also voices Moe. Mm-hmm. So the person who hates him, uh, is he's getting advice from the person who plays that same person. It's just weird. Meta. Right it's there. very that's... meta. I think they did that on purpose, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, Frank comes over, and that does not go as Homer expected, because Frank his, <laughs> Frank comes over on his way to his second job now. Um, did he say he, what the second job was? It was the, he just said he's working the night shift at some place. I don't remember where. It's like a free clinic or something. Yeah, it was along those lines. But um, he sees the immaculately amazing house that the Simpsons live in, and he's naturally just incredibly upset about this because homer has slacked his way through life and he has a beautiful family he has a, a gorgeous house he eats lobster for dinner his son owns a factory I, that's that's my a great example of how much i love simpsons writing it's because they'll see Comedy something comes in threes exactly and like, yeah you have a beautiful wife a smart daughter and your son owns a <laughs> factory the line okay this is my nitpick with this episode mm-hmm. marge says I only I only made five lobsters. Are you sure he's bringing his own? And my problem with that is Lisa's a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. She's been well established as a vegetarian at this point. And Maggie doesn't have teeth. Yeah. Well, I don't think Maggie was going to be eating. I think it was going to be the four. No. Yeah. The four of them minus Maggie. The, no. And, he's, and then Frank. She said, that's five. But she said she only has five lobsters. But Lisa is he bringing his own? Because I don't think I have enough, is what she was saying. No, she said um, he's not bringing anyone else. Oh, okay. All right. That she, she, if he was bringing a guest, she wouldn't have enough. But she would, because 
Because Lisa, Lisa Lisa's a vegetarian. Yeah. Well, clearly this is the worst episode ever, and um, we should. <laughs> That's just... it. I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, episode over. Bye. No, I was just trying to figure out. Did she mean he wasn't gonna have a lobster, or, uh, or you know? I think she meant that his guest wouldn't have one. I don't know. It was a weird, that... not not a clear line. Yeah, but my favorite line after that is when he goes, "You've been to space." You haven't? <laughs> you haven't been? Like, yeah, so le- good. Oh, yeah, because he sees all of Homer's achievements, meeting Gerald Ford. Hanging going out with the Smashing Pumpkins. Hanging out with Smashing Pumpkins. And, uh, good stuff. And then he goes, want to touch my Grammy? He's like, no. <laughs> get away from me. What did they want a Grammy for? Was that an episode? Uh, barbershop or Quartet. Barbershop Quartet. That's for the right. Sharps. That's right. For Baby on Board. Yep. Yeah, because uh, that was... Uh, and the, the Grammy Award for Bass Barbershop Quartet... R&B album or new wave music, and he beat out BB King and Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, oh, that's too good. Uh, because I I always remember that line because Mac, uh, Lisa goes, "You beat out Dexy's Midnight Runners," and he goes, "That's not the last we're gonna hear of them." <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, so then this is when Homer goes back to being the hero, kind of. Yes, because Frank becomes and, a diabolical villain. And that that was uncomfortable because watching Frank lose his like stuff. Yeah. Well, he loses his stuff after the um, the power plant competition. Uh, going into that. Oh yeah. No, when uh, I, okay, I'm I saying like he lost his stuff by by rigging that letter. Yeah. Because he he cuts out the children's and the kids and the image of a child. Yeah, he sees a flyer for a design your own PowerPoint. Um, PowerPoint. PowerPoint. <laughs> my work's bleeding into life. Design your own power plant competition, um, which was in the background earlier, which is what I love. Like that and the accident it's chart. It's the attention to detail. About. It's so good. So he takes this flyer for a children's build your own power, design your own power plant um, contest, and he gives it to Homer, and Homer enters. Um, and that, that's where we get the Ralph scene, because Ralph just takes a Malibu Stacy um, dream house, crosses out Malibu Stacy, and writes in nuclear power plant, or just power plant, or and, nuclear. And and then another character I love. I love Martin Prince. He's such a, he's such a, a nerd. Yep. One of my favorite lines of him is when he goes, oh no, they broke my dickie. Because <laughs> he's... Because he's wearing like a, a dicky and a blazer, yep. and they rip it off him. Uh, the, but my favorite Martin moment is uh, the pool. Oh, where he's like, I'm summer. finally popular. I'm finally the queen of summer. <laughs> I mean, king. Uh, which Martin is uh, voiced by Rusty Taylor, who is the voice of Minnie Mouse. No way, really? Yes, way. I did not know that. Yep. That's awesome. She was married to the voice of Mickey Mouse before he died. I knew that. Yeah. I, I was aware of that, and that's so, just fascinating to me. And <laughs> Martin comes in with this Orwellian, like, factory. Yeah. Like, like it's so jagged and so clean, and... Uh, and this was, what, 95? Yeah, 95. Like, yeah. So that's just funny that that's the type of stuff that they were coming up with and, then, and we're still getting things like that and now. It was clean energy that he made, and I love how Mr. Burns for Ralph was like, "This is awful. This is terrible." Uh, uh, what does he say? Well, a jacuzzi, <laughs> uh, a big size bed. I'm not running a brothel. <laughs> and then, then so he's so mean to Ralph, and then he goes to uh, Martin. He goes. No, too cold and sterile. Where's the heart? 
It's so dark and dank. Where's the heart? <laughs> Which is such a great turn because it's so it's uncharacteristic. Mr. Burns, exactly. like. <laughs> I love it. And then Homer's design is literally just the current power plant with airplane wings for aerodynamics <laughs> and a sweet green racing, racing stripe. <laughs> and I love how Mr. Burns goes, what, what did you make, young man? Yeah, that's the best. But I mean, like, in theory, like, anyone is younger than Mr. Burns, so he could be calling anyone young man, but... But, but he's, he says it, like, so... I love, I love evil Mr. Burns, but I love... Like, your pal Monty. Yeah, like, out-of-touch grandfatherly Mr. Yeah. Burns. And then, like, right behind that is young Mr. Burns with the the, the lollipop and the yep. curls. Wig. Yeah, <laughs> so those the, Mr. Burns is just such a great character. He is. And I didn't notice this. When, when Homer wins, Homer wins the competition, obviously. obviously. And he hands him, the, he puts the pin on him. I always notice that. But I didn't recognize that he he gives him twenty dollars. He puts it in his hand, <laughs> and he's like, "Good job, job well done." And that's so when good. that's when Frank loses it. He this, snaps. I always I didn't remember that Frank was like, "Hey, look, it's Homer Simpson. He's an idiot." I forgot that. Yeah, he's like trying to actively ridicule him at this and, point. And I just love Lenny and Carl like, "Shut up! We're <laughs> trying to watch the contest." <laughs> but he's in a contest for children. Yeah, and he beat the pants off of him. <laughs> Lenny and Carl are Homer's. Biggest allies and, like, biggest enemies. Because I, I love in uh, Last Exit to Springfield, they're like, oh, Lenny and Carl love me. They're always patting my bald spot and rubbing my my tummy for good luck. They're like, that sounds horrible. You're right. Next thing in the morning, I'm going to punch Lenny in the face. And then he punches Lenny in the face. So I just love his his entourage, but they also hate him. Like, yeah. I, I, it's just so good. It's so good. And then... Frank loses it. Yep. And this is the hairpin turn. We didn't talk about the hairpin turn for Bebe's kids because I don't think there was one. No, it was just consistently bad. If there was a hairpin turn in Baby's kids, it was when the Baby's kids were introduced, which is like really early on. Or I thought the brick when, when Leon grabs the brick and he's about uh, to like curb stomp them. That could do it too, yeah. Yeah. So th this one, the hairpin turn. Or maybe the robot. But anyway, sorry. Go. <laughs> no, it's a problem. Uh, so... The hairpin turn was actually created by the Simpsons crew, so it's excited, exciting to talk about mm -hmm. a Simpsons hairpin turn in a Simpsons episode. And this is late. The hairpin turn yeah, is late. It's within like the last forty-five seconds. Yeah. Or, well, like, probably like two minutes. I mean, like they start to build it. They start to mm -hmm. build it with uh, him entering Homer into the contest, like after the dinner. Yep. That's the escalation, but the actual turn is when Frank Grimes loses his stuff. And uh, growing up, I was always afraid of death. Like, this mm -hmm. episode terrified me. Was. still I still constantly Oh, am. I still am, too. <laughs> but I'm trying that's, to... That's why we're doing this, so we'll be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> we're gods, while well, our voices are. Yes. Uh, so, uh, this episode always scared me, because I was like, oh, if I go into the real world and I get a job, that could kill me, too. Yeah, I, could, like, I could touch something and just explode. Because I didn't realize that, that they were electrical coils that he mm. was touching. You I, thought it was just a random thing? or Well, we I thought it was just a, a, a breaker box. Uh, and I was like, well, I just watched my dad fix our breaker box because we lost like power like a few days before. Like he could just have died right then and there. Yeah, so I was like, oh, man, I could lose everything. So growing up, I was like terrified of this episode. And I didn't watch it for the longest time until I got, you know, season eight on DVD. I mm -hmm. didn't rewatch it for almost 10 years. Wow. 
It's and, a dark episode. But it's so good. And then... Oh, hi, Mr. Burns. I'm the worst worker in the world. Time to go home to my mansion and eat my lobster. What's this? Extremely high voltage. Well, I don't need safety gloves because I'm Homer Simpson. So Frank goes crazy. And my favorite thing that he does is he goes to the bathroom. You can hear him taking a piss. (laughs) I'm peeing on the toilet. I'm Homer Simpson. And then he goes, I didn't wash my hands. And the animation of him waving (laughs) his hands. And Mr. Mr. Burns' face. Gets me every time, Mr. Burns going. Ew. He's so disgusted by it. So the hairpin turn is Frank Grimes dies. Yeah, he grabs some electrical wires because it won't hurt. I'll grab these electrical wires without safety gloves. I'm Homer Simpson. And when you and I were talking mm. about doing this episode, you pointed out to me that if Homer did it, he would have lived. Oh, he one hundred percent would have lived. It would have been. Um, him grabbing it it would have been him getting shocked you see a skeleton and then cut to him either just the next scene him being fine maybe he's like charred and crispy or maybe he goes to the hospital because sometimes they do end up in the hospital i do love when that you they just cut to the ambulance and you just hear yeah exactly but homer would have survived and not because he has like main character immunity because he's homer because that's he's the how luckiest homer, man on the face ex- of the exactly earth. that's how homer just is um so it was it, very interesting i think and then when they just cut to the gravestone and that's says, such a good smash cut <laughs> it's so good and i just love i love reverend lovejoy like i just love his voice i love what harry Shearer does with the voice and goes Frank Mortimer Grimes, grimy to his friends. <laughs> I think it was grimy as he liked to be called. Oh, grimy as he liked <laughs> which, to be called. Which is something he hated to be called, oh, and yeah. only Homer called him yeah. that. And, um, which, which shows that like Homer was the one to like arrange his funeral, too. Because <laughs> like, how else would he know that? Yeah, and then Reverend Lovejoy points out the fact that Frank Grimes has had the worst life ever like like he points it out and he's like oh he's had his plight and but he's always risen above it but sadly this time he couldn't persevere (laughs) i love every time reverend lovejoy says stuff like persevere yeah like the standard like uh churchy sermon stuff and then they cut to everyone and everyone's like really sad and they feel bad and then Homer's sleeping. Yeah, Homer fell asleep and is snoring wicked loud and everyone's like, oh, Homer. Because <laughs> I love what he says, Marge, change the channel. <laughs> and then he just, and then everyone at the um, funeral just starts cracking up. That's our Homer. Womp womp. The uh, end. Like, credits. The, uh, what What are some of your favorite Simpsons episodes? So, um, This one, 100%. I really like, um, uh, why don't you go? Because I need to rethink of mine. Well, what I, 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 I know some of ours are going to overlap. I picked this one because my my top. Let me go through the top five that I were I was going to pick. Mm-hmm. We can later do one if we want to, but I was going to do uh, uh, Homer at the Bat. Yes, that's that's the one where he becomes the mascot. Or no, no, that's the one where Mr. Burns has the softball team and he rigs it with like Don Mattingly oh, and yes. Ken Griffey okay, Jr. Okay, okay, I remember that. Because it's just so weird. But what it came down to... So that was number five. This was number one, of course. Yeah. Uh, number four was You Only Move Twice, where Homer ends up working for Hank Scorpio. Oh, that was so good. Because it has one I of my favorite jokes. 
they're watching the video for Cypress Creek, and Cypress Creek is, like, run down, and they, they show the revitalization, and, like, this bar becomes a coffee shop, and this, uh... <laughs> This ratty car becomes a nice Lamborghini, and then it cuts to a homeless person and becomes a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of my favorite sight gags. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. So that was number four. Uh, then Stark Raving Dad, where Homer uh, ends up in the mental institution and uh, becomes friends with Michael Jackson. Oh, it, yep, yep, yep. And it's actually Michael Jackson. Yeah, right? except for the singing. Because yeah. they couldn't get the rights to the the record label wouldn't let Michael Jackson sing, and I I love that episode because they do a parody of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but in that one the way he gets out of the mental institution is the uh, March goes well I mean as long as you don't say our son's name he'll be fine and the the doctor goes good lord there's really a Bart <laughs> oh. He- <laughs> and he's immediately released yeah he's immediately released and then uh cape fear which is cape fear is definitely one of my favorites as well that that was like i was gonna have us do two on that one i was gonna clump that one and brother from another series together mm-hmm. because oh, yeah, i because that makes sense because i love sideshow bob but i love david hyde pierce in that episode uh as cecil and he's like well, I re- oh, so this is what it was really about, Cecil. You wanted to be the sidekick, and it just does the flashback, and he starts to whimper. And oh, it's such a good episode because nice. it's a Frasier episode. Yeah, I I really am partial to the Treehouse of Horror stuff. And, Which one? Um, I really like the one, uh, the Shinning. Uh, like season the, the, six. Yeah, the one where they do the Shinning. That one is so good. Um, I'm also a big fan of the. I think it's called Homer's Car. The one where Homer designs a car, um, and Danny DeVito plays his long lost Homer's brother. Homer's Odyssey. Homer's Odyssey. Maybe? That might be what it was called. It. Uh, yeah, it's the one with Herb. Herb Powell. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, because Danny DeVito plays his brother, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that one. And I also really like. Uh, I think it's called Telltale Lisa. It might be what it's called. It's the one where Lisa. Um, the, the a new girl moves in Lisa's the town. Lisa's rival. Lisa's rival, and she's, e- she's equally as smart as Lisa. And then they do the telltale heart thing at the end, and yep. that's the one with I bet my Wookie. Yeah, like I, because <laughs> Ralph's <laughs> Ralph's display is just Star Wars characters <laughs> in mint in box, and he wins because of it. We should we should do a Simpsons episode at least once a year. I agree. Yeah, uh, that's so good. What I love in Lisa's rival is is the anagrams that they do. With, oh yeah. With uh, Alec Guinness, and he does genuine class. If you watch the honest trailers. Mm-hmm. When they did Star Wars, um, they did uh, Genuine Class for starring. And genuine then they, Class. They did Genuine Class. And then for Batman versus Superman, they did Jeremy's Iron. That's awesome. That's so good. <laughs> it's so, like, on point. Nice. Perfect. So, um, you know, there's actually one other thing I wanted to talk about for this ahead. episode. I really liked this, the part where um, Frank is in Homer's house. And he's talking about just kind of like how sad sack his life is. And he's like, "I, you live in this mansion. I live in a one-room apartment above a bowling alley, below another bowling alley. And Homer, like, you can see in Homer's eyes, he's like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like, in this split second, Homer is jealous of Frank's life. Oh, so, I never realized so that. I, I kind of like that because, like, Homer has, at least it's maybe in only that one moment, but Homer has like this like moment, this fleeting moment of being like, oh, I wish I was him. <laughs> I wish I, that was me. And so I think that was a pretty fun, just like little Easter egg thing to slip in there. How how would that work? Like a bowling alley? A... Uh, 
I think it's more of just a, a, a visual gag. It I, would work weirdly. I, I just always wondered how that worked. I also love I love the line where he goes, "All I have to show for it is this briefcase and this haircut." <laughs> <laughs> I just love I love that. And that, as we said before, the haircut was based on yep. uh, Michael Douglas from Falling Down. The haircut and like the white shirt, black tie. Yep. What if this episode ended like Falling Down where with him just like on the highway and just like start walking <laughs> and picking off cars because <laughs> like that's how that's how it dark. feels uh so let's let's go to the the basket how okay. many how many bagels are gone oh this is a full one i i like i 100 this is like my first full rating this is such a good example of a simpsons episode the writing is so top-notch the animation is subtle i mean it's 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 tv animation but it's good in the like the details that you have we were this talking about still sell yeah exactly it's it's nice nice looking um b story is strong ties in thematically with the a story like you were saying um everyone except for like lisa has something to do i i this is one of my favorite episodes this is a, a full 13 yeah 13 for me too yep. i just love everything about it I still love the B story more than the A story, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But watching it again, I just love... It's it's like two seconds long. Martin and Ralph in this episode. Like, Ralph's Ralph's obliviousness and the, the how sweet Chief Wiggum is to him when he goes, <laughs> Ralphie, get off the stage, sweetheart. Yeah. He calls so, him sweetheart. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so adorable. And that's actually in a Bloodhound Gang song. There's a Bloodhound Gang song called Ralph Wiggum. Oh, no way. Yeah, and uh, all of the lyrics to the song are just Ralph Wiggum quotes. <laughs> and the um, the chorus is, Ralphie, Ralphie, get off, get off the stage, sweetheart. <laughs> and it's, uh, this episode, it's just perfect. And I just love when Martin... Martin is such a showman. I wish I could add bagels because he's such a showman. When he goes, but but this this model is is active. It's charging the room right now, and he he, he like adjusts yeah and he... he adjusts the dial. And I love how he opens up. He goes, behold! <laughs> I love Martin Prince. He's such a nerd. He's such a wiener. Uh, oh, another episode I just thought of. We could have done Bart on the Road is one of my favorites. Oh, that is a good one. When they go on the road trip. Cause, oh, yeah. Because Nelson, Nelson is so good in that episode because mm-hmm. he goes, uh, they go through Branson, Missouri, and he goes, oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, Branson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, Andy Williams, eh, we don't need to see that. Andy Williams, yes, we do. <laughs> and then, my Huckleberry friend. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to do it, but bam, second encore. <laughs> I also really like, um, speaking of Martin, and we talked about this earlier, the one with the pool where they oh. do rear window. That's oh, awesome. Oh, Bart of Darkness. Yeah, Bart of Darkness. And um, the one where, oh man, I just had it and I lost it. Uh, Shelbyville, where they go to Shelbyville lemon, and they lemon see the lemon Troy. tree. Yep. And like, that's a, uh, all the kids go, banding together and then they find their counterparts when they get over there. It's so good. <laughs> I, I love the line with, uh, with Bart when he's, disguised and he's wearing the Beatles wig <laughs> and they're like oh he's so cool he's got a scar and I love that Paul McCartney wig <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and good. that's also shake harder boy uh, so good the series is just perfect yeah Simpsons is amazing e- even the ones now uh, 
in the last 10 years, there, there was an episode where Neil Gaiman was on. Oh, really? And and they did, uh, it, I don't want to say shop by shop, but it was basically Ocean's Eleven, where Homer mm. gets the idea of doing a tween-like gang write, where he, he has a group of writers write a young adult novel, and uh, Neil Gaiman is there, and he's like, I don't know how to write. And they're like, okay, you can uh, print out the menus and make lunch for us. <laughs> And Andy Garcia is the bad guy playing his same role from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, occasionally, there there's an episode that is so good in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And this season was the Boston episode. But yeah, which I saw. I liked that one. And Mostly they, because I'm from Boston. Well, yeah. this area. Well, yeah. And also, uh, the other one this year is they did Bart's Guilt. And you get to see the manifestation of what Bart's Guilt is. And it's Patton Oswalt. Oh, that's too funny. It's Patton Oswalt as Bart, and he grows into to a Hulk every time uh, Bart does something wrong and feels more guilty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you still watch The Simpsons, or like occasionally? Uh, no, I mean, I have Hulu, and it um, shows up on Hulu from time to time, and I will occasionally put it on, but very rarely. It's just not something that, like, I... <clears throat> It's not something that I make time for anymore, but yeah. I will do it occasionally. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it, but there was a sequel episode to this one, wasn't there? More or yes, less. Yes, that's Frank... another Sideshow Bob episode. Yeah, but like Frank Grimes' son shows up, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Frank Grimes Jr. Uh, so that one is someone is trying to kill Homer. So Chief Wiggum's brilliant idea is to have Sideshow Bob move in with the Simpsons and sleep in Bart's room or like, <laughs> yeah, or stay next to Bart's room. And protect uh, uh, Homer, but the way they get around with, well, he'll just kill Bard, is he zaps him with a zapper. So it's Homer and Sideshow Bob solving crimes. And the end result is the person who's trying to kill him is his mechanic, whose name is Junior, for Frank Grimes Jr. And he goes, oh, yeah, Grimey, how's he doing? He goes, he's dead, you (laughs) moron. And he goes... Then how were you born? And he goes, he liked hookers. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least Grammy had a little slimmer, sli- uh, glimmer Slim. of uh, happiness in his. But life. but th- that that gives you insight to Frank Grimes' life that he had to pay for sex, <laughs> like like no one loved him and he had to pay for everything. Poor so, Grammy. R.I.P. Do I change the channel? No, you're, you will watch this, and I'm gonna. Uh, you're gonna um, watch my factory while I go on break. Don't burn it down. <laughs> oh, also, also, how how Millhouse burns the factory down is he doesn't. He he's just watching it. He hears a creaking, goes outside, yeah. and falls over. And he's just standing there, which like to me indicates that he was just standing there after it fell down for the entire night, and he wasn't asleep or anything. Yeah. So he he managed to stay and he, awake. He's still twirling the baton. <laughs> so good. Oh. That's that Schwartzwelding stuff. So we've come to the end. Uh, So do we want to tease the next episode? Yes, we do. Um, Hey, Scott, what what, what time is it? What time is it? Yeah, what time is it? Is it it close to midnight? uh, That's kind of a threat. Yeah, I think the threat level has been elevated to midnight. I think we need to call on... Michael Skarn? Not Michael Skarn! (laughs) Agent he, Michael Scott. He's the baddest badass who ever lived. Uh, so yeah, we are going to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yep. To the hallowed halls of Dunder Mifflin. 
and we are going to take a look at The Office Crew. Oh, I love The Office. It's such a good show. All right. So, so we have that to look forward to next time. All right. So smell you later. Bye. Bye.